Parents and guardians, it's time once again for the Fearless Parenting Show. Well, well, welcome moms, dads, guardians to another episode of Fearlessly Parenting Podcast. Today, I have a very, very special treat for you. You know, we just started the 15 laws of growth and how they apply to being a parent and how they apply to leading a family. Well, my special treat today is this. I have the author of He Never Stops Working, Amy Malay, and her adopted son, Sebastian Malay. Amy's from America and Sebastian is from India. I want to read you a little something from the book cover. In the year 2003, Amy sponsored Sebastian, a young child enrolled with Compassion International in India. A few years prior to that, Sebastian lost his mother due to a heart condition, and his father was absent in his life due to alcoholism. He was accepted into the child sponsorship program at age five and was on the waiting list for sponsorship. As an orphan, he claimed Amy as his mom when he received her first letter. Little did either of them know that almost 20 years later, after many letters and texts, that they would actually meet in person. And not only would they meet, but a true mother-son bond would be realized. This story is a testimony of God's faithfulness during the challenges and triumphs in both their lives. It was an excellent interview. I spoke with Amy and Sebastian, and I want to share that with you now. Amy and Sebastian Malay. Well, welcome, everyone. I want to introduce you to Amy Malay and her son, Sebastian uh, Malay. Uh, Amy's just put out a book, and it's a pretty awesome book. It's called He Never Stops Working, a story that reveals God's unfailing love and faithfulness. And this is truly a very unique and moving story. So the first thing I want to ask you, Amy, is what led you to become involved with Compassion International? Well, at the time in my life when I learned about Compassion International, I it was at a time in my life when I was looking for an opportunity to help someone and had been doing some traveling, some overseas traveling, and that season of my life came to a close. And so I was seeking God's wisdom and um, direction on how I could continue serving without traveling overseas, right? And so I heard someone share at church about Compassion International. It was probably a presentation of some kind. And so I took one of the flyers home with me and filled it out later. And I remember filling it out in such a way that um, I did not choose like the birthday or the, um, you know, I didn't choose anything about the child. I just checked the box that said, send me, assign to me the child that needs the help the most. And I sent it in. <laughs> and that's, that was how I learned about compassion and how I came to be Jabaston's sponsor. The next thing I would like to ask you first, Amy, it did uh, Jabastia. You know, I, I read where 
Jabasin first claimed you, Amy, as his mom. How uh, you felt when he first claimed you as his mom? So, yeah, Jabasin is from India. So um, he's the child that got assigned to me. And um, over the years, we wrote letters back and forth. He always called me auntie, auntie. in the letters. And I never knew, actually, until about a year ago that he had claimed me as his mom all those years ago. So when I found that out, it was a bit of a surprise. Not like, um, you know, it's not that it was totally a surprise, but just that it was not something we had talked about or written to each other about other than he had asked if he could call me mom which had been maybe a year or two uh, before we met. <laughs> and so um, anyway, it, it was, um, I felt it was an honor and I felt honored. I felt um, joyful at that realization because part of the reason I felt that way was because I realized it wasn't just about him claiming me as a mom, but that all those years I had wanted to be a mom and I thought God's answer was no, because he never gave me children of my own. So I just thought, okay, the answer is no. And I have to try to seek God's wisdom and figure out, okay, what else does God have in mind for the plan for my life? Right. If the, if his plan for my life is not to be a mom, then what is the plan? <laughs> uh, and so in my mind, I had kind of moved on from, um, not that I didn't still want to be a mom, but I guess I had just kind of set that aside and laid it on the altar, if you will. I kind of gave up that um, dream as being like top of mind, right? So maybe it was a little bit more like back burner, right? If it was something that I still wanted, but I thought, okay, I can't just keep focusing on this and not move forward with other things that God might have for me in my life. And so um, the realization that God had answered my prayer um, way back at that time in 2003, when Jabastin got my first letter, the realization of that was very touching, you know, just very much, um, I don't know, an affirmation, I guess, of how much God cares, how much he loves us and plans out all the little details of our lives. So even when we don't realize there are things that he's been doing in our lives that matter, we don't even realize it until later. And that really impacted me. Well, you know, he sees things that we don't see. And when you first voiced that prayer to him, you already had an answer. You just didn't know it. And, and a lot of times, uh, us parents, you know, we, we pray over our kids. We pray for our kids. And uh, God has answered that prayer. But we just have to step out on faith and uh, trust in him, believe in him. I like what you said. You went, you laid it on the altar. And then in his timing, which is right on time, always, there came Jebastian into your life. So, Jebastian, I want you to tell me how did it how did it feel uh, having a mom? 
you know, somebody that just would reach out to you, love you, be there for you, even from a great distance. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that made you feel. So, first of all, for my feelings, there is no word to explain it, right? Uh, and no word to say that all. Uh, it's kind of uh, when I think that uh, while on my five years old, my mom was died. So I just uh, always I waiting for the someone who's cared me or love me like that. Uh, my grandma and my uncle wanted to take care of take care of myself. My me and my brother and sister they take care of us, but. Uh, even though I have missing something in my life, so that's uh, uh, every uh, everywhere I see that I I thought I don't have a mom. Uh, so while I just received the first letter from my mom, that's making me happy. And so I don't know how to express with the words, but it's a really it's a very very good feeling. And she's she's uh she's done everything for me in my life and and she's uh, one kind of role model, right? Uh, she's impact in my life is uh she loved loved me and she teach me we can help to other ones. A lot of good things she's done in my life and the feeling is uh when I see her even through the virtually, right? We uh i always smile because i i love her that much i love her well now those of you out in the audience you can't see this but i i i'm looking at amy right now on streamyard and she's just about to the point of tears but it amazes me that amy was praying for a child and god answered that prayer not the way that she probably would have done it and you were praying for somebody, and there's just that special relationship between mother and son, a lot like it is between father and daughter. It's There's just that uniqueness there. And Jabashin, I hear you saying that, you know, she fit into this empty area of your life there. And like I said, God just brought this mother-son relationship together for the benefit of you both and, and i'm just amazed that he, he would do it over such a distance and uh two different cultures but hey that's the nature of our god he does awesome things that's the norm <laughs> it's normal for god to be awesome looking at your uh book amy uh, there were several chapters that stood out to me, and I'm just going to run down them real quick. There are multiple chapters in her book, but these stood out to me. The mission field. You have one chapter titled, Seek and You Shall Find. It's the little thing, meaningful words, and the power of testimonies. Uh what can moms, dads, guardians, and my audience both learn and apply from these chapters to positively influence their children? Well, um, taking one one of those, <laughs> um, you know, there's so many um, that 
you listed there, you know, but I would say maybe taking um, the first one you mentioned was the mission field at home. And that one, I think in particular, you know, it's definitely relevant in our homes, right? In our families. Um, you know, God calls us to reach other people with his love. And that starts at home, right? If we can't reach the people that are right next to us, you know, sitting at the same table with us, um, you know, that's, it's got to start there. It's got to start with us in, you know, in the, the very first level of connection that we have with people. And so that, I feel like that's a, a pretty um, easy one to take and apply in our family situations, whatever those look like. Okay, so Jabassin, in the chapter about the mission field at home, um, I've shared a little bit how I thought that applied. And I think we'd love to hear from you too. You know, what difference did it make in your life? You know, how, how was it a mission field at home for you? Encouragement and positive words in my mom letters helped me, helped me see my mom as my friend and not a prison warden. She's supportive of me and always ask about how I was doing in school. She was prayed me and sent me a Bible verses and encouragement. And she take care, take care of me about my uh, like uh, studies and career and what we're going to do next year and what about the trip, everything. So uh, what is my thought is, uh, the parents or guardian, no one, um, be like a prison warden or hostel warden to his children. They want to, uh, they want to guide him, right? But if they guide like a friendly things, then they definitely the children will be uh, transparent to his parents. So my mom did that in my life. So she's always encouraging me. So and even you know, so from for my uh, I cannot talk English well like uh, fluently. Uh, so I know English little bit, but I talk this much this because of all my mom. She wanted me encouraging me. That's not a problem. I can. So she did all the time. Maybe she did with me for uh, more than a two to three years. She did this. So how long, Jabashian, have y'all been corresponding between each other? Okay, how long? Uh, we know more than a 20 years, but we only talking through the letters. So I think 2016, I found her on a Facebook. 16 September. Yeah. Okay, I, uh, I found her on a 16. So 16 to 17 or 18, we, we did not talk much in the phones or calls like that because I have one uh, uh, like a disappointment. So what I'm thinking is I don't know English much. Uh, how I can talk to her, how I connect her, but I, I want to connect her, my mom, so like a friendly things. So uh, I want to chat her every day. I want, I want to see her, but by the time I cannot. So after that, she won, she only encouraging me to do all this thing. 
to be supporting me for whatever even even i did some mistake while i'm talking he stopped it and correct me so that's a good thing uh, i learned lot of things from her so the more than a 3 years we connected in uh, virtually virtually and we visit one time so so that's a good blessing in my life so god give that well i have to say there's no doubt that god did that you know all parents guardians have challenges with their kids because our kids are not perfect and we're not perfect but amy y'all have some real challenges for what i'm hearing from jebastian you know uh not only just distance but there was a language barrier but jebastian is just telling an awesome story about how he persevered how he pushed through because what God had provided him was so important to him. And what God had provided to you, Amy, was so important. It, it just seems like you both made the effort. And parents, I need for you to hear this. Sometimes you, you got to put in the hard work. It may not seem like you're getting a whole lot out of it. But in the end, uh, if you're consistent in working with your child, it's all going to bear out in the end. But Amy, talk about that for a moment. Yeah, you know, I, I too am struck by just Jebastian's dedication to communicating, right? I mean, not only did he search for me uh, when we lost touch, um, that's part of the story, is that we lost touch for a few years because the Compassion Center closed and a year or two later, he searched for me, found me, and we started communicating again through texting. Um, and so, you know, there was a bit of a language barrier because even though he learned English in school his whole life, uh, he didn't speak it regularly, right? So um, understanding and having a conversation is a lot different than when you're planning out what you want to say and you're writing it in a letter and taking the time to make it look all neat and tidy and look up words that you don't know. And, um, you know, that's a longer process to write a letter, right? And, and get it so that it looks correct and reads correctly. Um, but when you're having a conversation, it's on the fly, right? So it's, something that you can't really just plan ahead for. And we've really learned how to communicate well with each other. Um, you know, we often will say, I didn't get it. <laughs> like, we'll just kind of pause. Or one of us will notice the other one just kind of like looking blankly at the other. <laughs> like We're just like, yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> so we just kind of make it fun. And then, you know, we're we just start over trying to explain it again in, in a different way or you know we slow down and um and then um another thing that i i think is really cool um you know and this is something that i'm doing right you mentioned stan that you know jebastin perseveres and you know really tries hard to get better with his english and I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to learn some of his language too, so that we can connect on that level as well. And I'm having fun with that. You know, it's um, it reminds me a little bit of the love languages. I don't know if you've shared about that in the past, but 
you know, we talk about someone's love language and speaking to them in the language that that um, that they can hear, right? And so it kind of reminds me of that in a different way. You know, the the language that Jabastin knows well, his native language, is the language that means a lot to him, just like it does to us. You know, when it's the language we understand the best. And so um, it occurred to me that hey, that's something I can do to um, to love him, right? It, it, to learn his language. So that's something I'm working on. We'll see both. Amy, you and Jabasha, y'all both be intentional. And because you're intentional with each other, you're both growing. Uh, the language uh, between the two of y'all, it, it wasn't perfect. Uh, as John Maxwell says, nobody does anything perfect the first time around. We, we're usually pretty lousy at it. However, if we persevere, if we're consistent, if we're intentional, we can grow in our ability to connect with our children, to connect with our teens. Just like you, Amy, have made a connection to Jabasha. And Jabasha, let, let me tell you, young man, I, I admire you. I really, really do. You set out a goal uh, to be connected to your mom, and uh, you didn't let a little time interfere with that. You you stayed after it. Again, you were intentional. You were consistent, and y'all were able to reconnect. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there for now, but wow, that, that was awesome. It's such an awesome story that Amy and Sebastian has. So I want to encourage you to come back for part Two, I think you're going to be equally as blessed. It's going to do a lot for you. And we're really going to talk about the law of intentionality. Both Amy and Sebastian are going to put forth an excellent example of being intentional regarding your family members. They were definitely intentional toward each other. That's why their relationship grew. And this young man, because of the influence of Amy, is a very sound Christian, and he's living for God. It is awesome. It is wonderful. And we want you back for part two. In the podcast description, you will find links to helpful resources for parents and you'll also find a link to Amy Belay's book, He Never Stops Working. So until next time we talk, go forth and fearlessly pair. God bless.